Hey everybody, it's me, I'm back. And this is my actual review for Power Season 3, Episode 9. Now last week or a couple weeks ago, I actually did the pre-review of the review of the show because as you know, the, the spoilers have come out and I saw Episode 9 before Episode 9 aired. So I gave you a little bit of overview. Now I'm gonna go uh, into a little bit more detail um, hopefully this won't be a very long uh, podcast today on it because like i said i know most people have already seen the um the episode 9 and 10. hopefully i don't go into 10 with this review so a couple of things we got going on here sax is gone all right sax is actually gone for those of you who didn't see it or don't believe it they do have his body laid out in the morgue he is gone okay so um before he left he miraculously created wrote several letters okay letters went to uh we gonna see two bit in this episode we see um monet gets one um who else gets one monet two bit um oh i forget who else gets one it was a bunch of letters that went out um saying that you know if you're reading this letter that i am no longer here and I know the logistics of it is in question. Like, how would you know to get the, how would you be able to get all these letters out um, knowing, you know, that, you know, or not knowing when you're going to actually, you know, not be here anymore. And I'm thinking that maybe he had a carrier to uh, be assigned to send out the letters once it's been confirmed that he is gone so that he knows his RICO is still going on. Uh, from his last recollection, there was a Rico still going on. He's still trying to get at the St. Patrick's, okay? Even beyond the grave, he's still trying to get Tariq. You know, he's been trying to get Tariq since the beginning of this entire book. You know, Tariq killed his father, as far as we know. He killed his father, and he's been trying to get Tariq. Then he's been trying to get Tariq's mother, Tasha, who also shows up in this episode, and um, he sent a letter to Monet, and it's stating that Tariq is working for the feds. It sounds so far-fetched, but you have to look at it from the perspective of the end, the end user or the end receiver. Like, is it far-fetched? When you're in this world, it's in, this, in this crazy drug-dealing world, it's hard to trust folks. You know, ain't nobody your friend. Ain't nobody your friend. So at the beginning of the episode, we see Tariq on his way to the office. He's trying to figure out um, what, you know, what information does Sax have on him? Uh, if Sax got it written down in the office where um, Tasha is being held and if he's, you know, he's trying to get any information he can that Sax probably has that he doesn't want folks to know about. At the same time, we get, um, what's his name? Kane calls up. Davis and tells Davis, hey, look, Effie done got roped up, um, you know, for Lawrence murder and I, or attempted murder. So I'm on my way to the office to meet with you. So Davis is on his way to the office, but Tariq's already there. How they got into the building is beyond me. Nobody's there. So it must be a weekend. Nobody's in the office. And miraculously, <laughs> Tariq and Kane both are able to get into the office. They confront each other, right? And here we go with the back and forth, you know, about really it was more about Kane just not featuring Tariq. He doesn't like Tariq. He hasn't liked him from day one. A lot of it is jealousy. Um, Monet has put a lot of emphasis on 
Tariq being the dependable thinker um, in the family, and he's not even part of the family. So they do a back and forth situation. It ended with Tariq, well, not ended, but then it goes into Tariq swings on, you know, Kane and honey, Kane just mops the floor with him and getting ready to end it with a computer monitor. And that's when Davis walks in the door. Davis's like, what do you plan on doing? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? You know, they fight tearing up the office, carrying on, whatever. So again, Kane reiterates exactly what he got going on. You know, Davis is like, okay, cool. I'm on it. I'll take care of it. Then Tariq is, you know, um, Tariq had found some information, a copy, uh, a printout of a page from a folder that has uh, Whitman got some information about, you know, the, um, uh, what was it, uh, Lorenzo Teon. He got that information. He only got a page of it. They was going to give to Jenny. So Tariq tells Davis about it. Davis is like, did it look like, you know, Davis actually pulls up the file and whatnot. And um, Tariq is questioning Davis about, like, you know, how did you get this file? Davis is like, look, I procured it you know, and I'm keeping it because, or I wanted to keep it because I felt like I would need something just in case Monet tries it, you know, tries to send me up the river. I know there have been people that was like, what exactly would you think she could pin on Davis? Davis is a crooked, crooked attorney. And hey, if, if need be, I'm sure Davis has an exit plan. All right. I'm going to use that phrase. Oh, that word again exit plan or phrase again because that's what you need when you in this kind of shenanigans and dealings you need an exit plan and i'm sure david ha davis has one and this was one of his plans dealing with the tejadas dealing with monet knowing what she's capable knowing what she has done and what she could do and how she could at any point in time if to save herself she'll sell up davis up the river if it, if need be and this think about a situation where if monet is arrested how she could send Davis up the river if she wanted to. You never know. So he tried to protect himself. That was the purpose of that. So anyway, Davis like, I got to work on, you know, dealing with, you know, um, he, dealing with um, his brother's death. And, you know, he told Tariq, he was like, look, I, you know, I made Tariq, you know, I had you to run. I didn't want you to be, you know, caught up in anything. You already got this Rico going up against you. I didn't want you around the scene of the situation. It shouldn't come back. I mean, really, it was not their fault. Jenny going to try to throw it back on, on Davis later on in the episode, but it really wasn't Davis' fault. It is what, well, well, no, no. Jenny's not aware of the conversation that Davis had with Theo Rollins, his brother. But as far as the actual act itself, as far as the police would be concerned, as far as uh, uh, investigation would be concerned, it's not anyone's fault but Theo Rollins. Yes, it's actually David's fault, and I think he's dealing with guilt and grief in this episode because he's drinking a lot and, you know, watching his brother end not only Sack's life but his own life, it, that's traumatic. That's trauma, you know, so we got that going on. Um, meanwhile, at the ranch, <laughs> uh, the Tejada's house, you got, like I said, Monet has this letter and it's from Saxon is saying that Tariq is working with the feds and, um, what's her name? Diana comes in the house, right? So Diana is, people think Diana is so innocent, so naive, 
so green, you know. And that is not the truth. That is just not true. Diana has been manipulative since day one. Y'all keep forgetting how Diana, remember she stole some Tariq product? Y'all remember that? You remember how she, what she did last season to Monet? And ultimately, Diana was the reason for the situation with Zeke. Remember that? Diana went poking around in the household. Diana found out about Zeke's birth certificate, how Zeke really is, who Zeke's birth mother is, and all of that. That All of that ultimately ended Zeke's life. That really is really what it is. So for those of you that think that Diana is so innocent and she's the little sweetest pie, that is not the case. So Diana was like, well, it makes sense because um, Tariq sent me up to the rooftop to store, you know, the drugs that I had from uh, from dad and, or from Poppy, because she called him Poppy, from Poppy. And, you know, he must have known that there was cameras up there because I got arrested because I got caught on camera. Tariq didn't know, but of course, from Diana's perspective, she's thinking Tariq knew. So, you know, Monet ain't trying to hear that. Monet's like, no, something else got to be going on here. I, I don't believe it. I just, I'm not quite here for that. I'm not believing that. I don't know about that. Monet is kind of like one of those individuals, she needs proof. Before she acts on something, she needs concrete evidence. She was like that when it came to the death of her son. She wanted evidence. Like, I need to know who killed my son. And even with the stuff that Lorenzo told Monet, it didn't add up. I mean, she kind of went for it, but then she didn't. And then she started asking more questions. So again, she's one of those people that needs concrete proof before she makes a move because she wants her move to be based on 100% accuracy, not on I think, I wish, I could, none of that. So Diana, I mean, well, Diana ends up going to uh, Stansfield because, you know, Monet was like, go on up there and figure out what you need to find out when it comes to Tariq. Do what you do. That was kind of funny. We got another issue, uh, the Castiles. I wanted to see more of the Castiles in this whole franchise this whole season i mean whatever and into next season but it just i guess they figured the writers probably figured you know we don't really need to see this family we got other situations we're going to build upon and this isn't one of them so i they had to be eliminated so we know last week a week before last we saw the recording on youtube where drew is in my opinion i didn't think he said anything specific he just said that Gordo is gone. Now, he didn't say he did anything to Gordo, but I guess they read between the lines. I would have took it as Gordo's gone. What? Gordo could have just ran off and left. I, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, Evelyn and her sons are looking for Gordo. I mean, we're looking, we're both looking for both Gordo as well as Drew because they want to understand what's going on. Why is he missing? Last comment, you know, Drew gave was, oh, we good. But then you get a video and say, we not good. He's gone. Okay. So, Evelyn and Monet are talking. They're at Monet's um, tavern. And Evelyn is coming to her hardcore like, girl, I'm coming to you not only as a friend, but as a mom. And you should understand how I feel. What if it was one of your sons that ended up missing? You'd want to have some answers as well. Monet was cold and cold and cold. She said, I don't know what to tell you. You know, um, and, and Evelyn even said, I give you grace and mercy because I know you, you know, you you killed um, Frank and everything. And she was like, what do you mean you gave me grace and mercy? I never said I had anything to do with that. I said that was Lorenzo. See, the thing about Monet 
is that she's very good on semantics. She's like, I never told you I did anything. That was Lorenzo. So Evelyn is still like, you know, really getting, you know, she's getting angrier. And I thought Evelyn was going to pull out a piece or something, but she didn't. And then, you know, um, Kane showed up and he was like, he, he yelled at her name and she ends up leaving. Drew hears this. He was in the back. He's hiding. He's been slinking around because he know they're looking for him. So Drew was like, we're going to have to eliminate the Castiles. Now, that was what Kane's idea was to begin with. But, you know, now we go, we're circling back to what Kane's original plan was to get rid of the Castiles altogether. All right. And that's what they ended up doing. They planned their death. They 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 filled their place up, uh, the restaurant with a lot of um, gas, carbon, carbon monoxide, and they killed the family. Now, before Evelyn completely went on to glory, she did kind of whisper to, not kind of, she whispered to Drew about the fact that, you know, what Monet was behind Gordo's death and what, and Gordo killing Lorenzo and all of that. So now Drew is finding out about the reason that what, the reason that Gordo did this is based on what the setup for Monet. So at this point, he can, he's got the information that he needs in regards to, uh-oh, it's my mom. She was behind all this. Right after that, you get Diana. She's over at Stansfield. Tariq is running out the door. He's got to run. I forget where he had to go. But anyway, he has somewhere to go. He's in a hurry. Diana approached him about working with the feds based on what Zach said, da-da-da. Of course, Tariq was like, why on earth would I work with the feds? Did you not see what they did to my family? I mean, come on, let's think. So anyway, he rushes out the door and everything. He told her to leave, and then he rushes out. She sneaks back into his room, and she finds the Whitman file, okay? And on the Whitman file, because remember, he took that file from Davis, said, I'll get rid of it, but he didn't. He took it hid underneath his mattress, and we know that Diana is the master snooper. So they meet up, they being Drew and Diana meet up over at the penthouse, and Andrew gives his information that he finds out from Evelyn. Diana exchanges her information about the Whitman file and Lorenzo's fingerprints at the scene of the Zeke murder. And they start drawing the same conclusion about or figuring out that their mom was behind Lorenzo's death. And then Kane comes through and Kane's giving a little more insight into what he found out as far as what he thought. He wasn't 100% sure but he put it out there about his thoughts about what happened because Drew finds out, oh, this is why you blackmail Poppy, all of that. So they, it kind of comes to a head, more so for Drew and Diana, not so much for Kane, because I think Kane left out. And so Drew and Diana was like, they are going to confront Monet about what they have pieced together. And they do. They do come, to, they do confront Monet. And Kane was there for the confrontation. And Monet is like, you guys, you know, are really trying to make me out to be the villain and that your father was such a saint. And you're thinking that, you know, oh, because he told you or he mentioned that him killing Zeke was an accident. You're going to believe it to be true. And, <laughs> and she said, how do you know it was the truth? How do you know he didn't really want to kill Zeke? She was trying to talk her way out of it. She really was. Monet was trying to talk her way out of it. She almost got into a physical fight with Diana. So now they're pissed off. Now that they know, you know, 
what Monet has done as far as Lorenzo's concerned. And, you know, they're frustrated, they're angry. So what's going to happen next? You know, how they're going to move, you know, will all be revealed in episode 10. So I'm going to leave that alone for right now. Meanwhile, we got Effie down at uh, the jailhouse, right? And she's not talking because she doesn't have her attorney. So Jenny and Blanca feel as though, well, if she's put down in some some, some area, they call it the MC10 or whatever it was, basically going to get her beat up, rough her up. This will get her to start talking if she, you know, gets jumped on in the jailhouse. It didn't work. You know, she defended herself you know she was able to you know it, that didn't work so we never saw this so-called attorney that she claimed she had many are saying that she never had an attorney i don't know we never saw it kane came down there to try to get effie to flip on tariq and effie wouldn't do it effie was like you know i'm not even built like that that's not me i'm not gonna do that i i got my own attorney and i'll handle it my way so Kane was a little upset because Kane even brought up, you know, baby, aren't you glad to see me? And I'm here to be with you and I'm going out of my way to pretend to be an attorney, just trying to help you out. You don't see Tariq in here trying to save you or anything like that. And Effie was like, look, we might have been together sexually two or three times, whatever the case may be. That's cool and all, but I'm on my own. I'm doing me. So she just pushed Kane to the side. I was like, ooh, he was hurt. He was hurt. He was all in his feelings. He was hurt. So we get Tariq meeting up with Tate, well, soon to be Congressman Tate, or hopefully Congressman Tate. Councilman Tate is what I'll say. I guess he's going to be councilman for right now. They're meeting up. Oh, before he meets up with Tate, he goes to meet with Obi. Obi is pulling some man's teeth out. He's torturing him. Tariq is like, look, we got a lot going on with this Rico. We had to stop with the, you know, it's a lot going on right now. And we're going to have to, you know, we're just not going to have this money that we're supposed to have, you know, for you this week. And just can you tell Norma to buy us a little bit more time? So in exchange for that, Obi was like, look, I have been asking Norma for these green cards for my family to get out of Nigeria. And she hasn't come through. She's been stalling. And of course, we know why she's stalling. That's her way to keep him. Because as soon as he gets the green cards, he's probably going to leave Norma. You know, whatever. Because she, he is her right-hand man. Whatever. So Tariq was like, you know what? I got you. I got resources. I'm going to go ahead and get this done. And that's how he ends up meeting with Tate. Meets with Tate. Tate was like, um, you know... I'm going to need a little bit more if I'm going to give these green cards up. And Tariq was like, I'm giving you 5000 a week. What more do you want? And so Tate was like asking him about some things he heard was going on at uh, Weston Holdings. He said, I, I, got, I, got, I got a little word on the street that there's some shenanigans going on with the money. And Tariq was like, oh, no, it's all good. You know, and the way he said it, kind of like you wouldn't believe it anyway. And Tate read it right away. So we find out that there is, I don't know if he's an investigative reporter. I don't know if he's with the SEC or he's a financial auditor. Whoever this man is has been investigating Western Holdings. But Sweeney has been blocking any further, you know, things getting over to the SEC. So I guess he went with the SEC. 
So and you see Tate and Harper and the investigator guy, whatever, talking about Western Holdings and what's going on. So, and he, Tate was like, you know, I spoke with a contact who was uh, on the inside and based on this information, I know for a fact there's something wrong. So that's when Tate goes to the SEC, blows the whistle on what's happening, right? <laughs> blows the whistle on what's happening. We see the FBI all up and through Western Holdings. Daddy Holdings is like, look, we're going to have to go take this to the conference room. What's going on? Lucas is nowhere to be found. What a shock. Um, Kiki is worried that she's going to get thrown on the bus. And this is what I mean by exit plan. Kiki, I don't feel sorry for her. You are participating in this huge Ponzi scheme and you don't have an exit strategy. You didn't realize, well, she realizes that if anything goes down, the ship goes down, that her name going to be brought up. Of course it would. Child, so anyway, Lucas in the meantime, he's over, he's at some apartment complex. One of the other apartment complexes hiding out. He done called the feds up and told them, hey, look, uh, I, I know they think I have something to do with that Ponzi scheme, but I don't. But I'm going to tell you what you need to be looking into, and that is um, crash coin. So not only got the Ponzi scheme, but they got that crash coin situation. Now, in this episode, we don't see them discuss crash crash coin. All we do is see them dealing with the Ponzi scheme, the whole situation with that. And Daddy Holdings is like, look, I need to find Lucas. I need to understand what's going on. The rest of the family is like, you need to just bury him alive, blah, blah, blah. He was like, look, I need to speak to my brother. I need to get some clarity. He wants to get some proof about what's really happening. Like, why is this happening? What was he doing? Et cetera, et cetera, right? So meanwhile, Brayden goes over to talk with Kiki. She's packing up. She's running. She's on the run. She's like, you know what? My name's going to come up. I'm going to be out of here, whatever, whatever. Brain's like, look, I'm going to make sure that your name is, is clean. You're not going to have nothing to do with this. Just let me know where do you think Lucas would run to. I was always under the impression that, that Kiki and Lucas were in some type of affair, but I don't know. Whatever. Brain goes to find Lucas, right? Now, before Brain finds Lucas, Brain and Tariq have a heart-to-heart conversation. And Tariq is like, look, based on what's, you know, done happened with the, you know, being exposed with the SEC and all of that, you need to basically unalive your uncle. And Braden was like, no, Braden is still at this point holding on to his humanity. Braden is like, look, he told Tariq, I don't want to end up like you. And Tariq was like, hold on. You know, I know I've been through some things, but don't try to judge. And he was judging Tariq. Tariq is a cold hearted killer and he does not want to be that person. Well, they have a back and forth come down to it. You know, um, Braden ends up going over to where Uncle Lucas is staying at right now. They're talking. Braden's trying to get him to cut a deal. You know, he's trying to get Braden, uh, whatever. The conversation with Uncle Lucas went nowhere fast. Uncle Lucas got his exit plan. And next thing you know, Braden pushes Uncle Lucas over the banister. So Braden got his first body. As I predicted, it would be Uncle Lucas, okay? Got his first body. Because Tariq was actually on his way over to handle Uncle Lucas because he figured that Brayden wasn't going to do it because, you know, Brayden was like, I'm trying to hold on to my humanity. But after he saw Uncle Lucas go over the banister, he turns around. So Brayden did what he, I guess he needed to do. Um, Brayden and um, Kane also had an interaction earlier and that was, uh, you know, Kane was like, you know, wanting to know 
did Braden know that, you know, um, Lauren was still alive? Braden had no idea. So they had their little tit for tat early on. Braden ended up in the hospital. He fractured his rib or something, whatever. Um, so where are we getting at now? Uh, where do we go with this one? I'm trying not to go into episode 10. So I'm going to say this. There's a lot of things I've mentioned thus far in regards to now we got Uncle Lucas, you know, he's out the mix. Um, we obviously going to have to have a conversation about Lauren and her going on trial. This whole situation with the Ponzi scheme, I'm not sure how that's going to end. Um, Monet and her kids, and now they know what's going to go on. How are we going to move forward? Don't know. Tariq. Uh, yeah, Tariq got a lot of things going on simultaneously. Oh, the biggest thing. Lord, how did I forget? Uncle Tommy shows up. Uncle Tommy finds out from, well, I didn't explain how he found out. Just know that Uncle Tommy shows up and we see Uncle shows up at Tasha's house. I'm not going to explain until episode 10, but he shows up there and he's ready to knock off Tasha Tasha and him exchange words. Here comes Tariq. Tariq comes in the house. He's getting ready to knock off Uncle Tommy. And then we see one of the marshals coming from behind Uncle Tommy. Uncle Tommy shoots him. We see Tariq get hits in, get hits in the head. And then it cuts off. That's really how the episode ends. Now, all of that is important because we will pick up where that left off in episode 10. So the situation with Uncle Tommy and all of that is still there. I know I didn't talk about 2-Bit. He just came through. I'll talk a little bit about him in episode 10. Uh, there's a lot of things that come to a head, as with any season finale. Um, but I think we got some clarity as how or what possibly will happen in season four. That's all I got. Talk to you guys later. Peace.